as soon as they announce like lockdown is happening worldwide and <laughs> at this point this was okay when was it was it like March yeah March also um when it reached March time I literally had no money like I I didn't even know how I was going to pay salaries and it was such it was I was so I had constant anxiety because I was thinking oh my gosh like am I gonna have to tell tell my staff or tell these people that they don't have a job anymore like I can't I couldn't I didn't know what to do Hi everybody, welcome to Designer to Designer, a podcast where we dive into deep, candid conversations with fashion designers, professionals and entrepreneurs. As a fashion designer and entrepreneur myself, the journey has sometimes been lonely, but I get over the tough times by being in good company. My mission is to make sure you never feel lonely again as you grow your fashion empire. I'm your host, Rebecca Tembo, founder of self-titled Jumpsuit Label and The Entry Platform, a platform for aspiring designers to develop their skills within entrepreneurship, design and mindset. If you enjoy this podcast episode, please leave a review, subscribe and share it with somebody you feel will benefit from this. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. For those of you who don't know, I wrote a book. It's called Stumbling Into Personal Branding, Lessons From 2020. It's a documentation of how I've been able to generate an additional income of nearly £20,000 unintentionally in 2020, and we're projected to hit the same amount in the last couple months of the year. I've boiled it all down to relationships, consistency, desirability, focus, and impact. The five factors that have truly changed my life this year and catapulted my career, and how you can do it too, no matter your age or experience. The link is in the description box if you want to purchase a copy and you'll receive a complimentary free workbook to help you on a journey of creating work you truly enjoy, getting paid for it and relieving that stress of money. We don't need that anymore, guys. We don't need it and we don't have to have it. For more information, please visit theentryplatform.com slash shop or you can just press the link in the description and it will take you straight to the book. Welcome, Michelle, to the Designer to Designer podcast. Thank you for being on. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for having me. Amazing. So for our audience, do you mind just telling us a little bit about who Michelle is before we even go into the brand? Who is Michelle? I own the women's wear brand Kilenta, and I'm from Nigeria. My background is originally in PR and marketing, and... um, yeah, I don't know what else to add to that for now. So were you born in the UK or Nigeria? I was born and raised in the UK. Okay. Um, both my parents are Nigerian. And I've just always, I don't know, it's weird. Like, growing up, I've always had very traditional, like, Nigerian parents. And I've always, before, like, I had my brand, I always wanted to, like, go to Nigeria do something in Nigeria, but I just didn't really know what exactly. I'd been to Nigeria a few times before deciding to like have my brand produced there and everything. And that was basically, yeah, so I'd been there a few times before, like people go during December mm-hmm. and um, I had 
I had been there even prior to the brand of like for a year. I did some work there as well. So let's talk a bit about your PR and marketing background. What did you study at school, university, if you went to university and then like, you know, going into the industry, working and then now pivoting into fashion? I studied PR and marketing at uni. And, but funny enough, like when I was at secondary school, I, when I did like my GCSEs and A-levels, I did art, media, um, yeah, I did, but I did art for my GCSE and I did art for A-levels mixed with like media and English. So I never really thought about it until like recently um, that that whole period of me like doing art and because for me then it was just like, okay, it's just going to be something for fun. And um, I was really into the whole like abstract painting and like just putting like interesting things together and it producing something beautiful. Um, wasn't so much of someone who was just good at like sketching and drawing, but I was really into like mixing colors. Um, and so I did that. And I do feel like maybe a bit of that kind of eventually like helped in some of the things that I do with my brand with like the Adore and um, I don't know if it helped but I do feel like um, I don't know you know when you just have a think and you think okay well where did this whole deciding to venture into fashion like come from and I never really I never studied fashion um, didn't go to didn't do anything with fashion design but I'd always had an interest in putting things together I always used to shop at charity shops um and like just buy things and put them together or like buy like um a corset from the charity shop and maybe like a skirt and then put like a slit in it and then put that together and then I was always kind of like no one I don't know you know I kind of felt like a bit embarrassed when I was, before I'd go into the charity shop, I'd always like, kind of look around to see, is anyone going to see me walking in there? Um, and I'd go in there, pick amazing things, things that I loved anyway. And I just kind of became obsessed with doing that and then just kind of recreating it and and um, putting things together. And I always felt like, okay, imagine if I could just make this and then add these sleeves to this top or like do this. And But I never, it never clicked that it was something that I was going to do, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find that with a lot of people, there is that thing that you did um, in your childhood that you don't really pay attention to, but as you grow older and you reflect, you're like, oh, okay, this now makes sense as to why I'm pursuing this, you know, sort of career, especially in fashion. So that is really interesting to yeah. me. Wow, okay. So yeah. you studied um, PR marketing at university, and then you did you go and work yeah. in the industry after? Yeah, so after I um, after I graduated, I worked in marketing mm-hmm. um, for, yeah, so I did some marketing work. Funny enough, I did some marketing work in Nigeria for like a year. I was working for like a German company there. Um, and then after that, I came back to London and I was working in consumer marketing as well. And um, I did that for a bit and I just never really... After a while, I just got really bored (laughs) and I, yeah, I got really bored. And whilst I was working in London doing the um, consumer marketing, I had the idea of 
having the brand Kilenta, like whilst I was in Nigeria working. But the plan for um, the brand wasn't, it was the plan for Kilenta was supposed to be a marketplace. And what I wanted was for it to be a marketplace for African designers. So it would be African designers, um, art, interior, and it was going to be a platform for those things to be showcased on there. So I was working, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to work, I'm going to save, had this business plan. Um, and then it just, I just really got, I just didn't want to work where I was working anymore. The company was a really good company and stuff, but I just was tired of like the whole, the, the same routine. So I didn't have like enough money to start the marketplace, but I, I just felt like, okay, do you know what? Instead of starting the marketplace straight away, let me design my own pieces and start off like that. So that was just the second idea. But that idea only came to mind when I went back to Nigeria in December for like the Christmas period, you know? So I was, so I started working with tailors who would make some pieces, um, sample pieces and, and all those things. And that's how it kind of developed. Good, because I was about to ask you what sparked that idea. So it was working with the tailors and then that inspired you to showcase their work, you know, through, through a marketplace or was that for your brand, do you mean? It was like, I don't know, I feel like when you, the, the idea that you initially have doesn't always end up mm. being what you end up doing, you know. So I had the plan for Kilenta about three years before I actually launched the brand, which was for it to be a marketplace. And then, you know, I had like a list of designers and a list of of things that I wanted on on the platform. When I got to Nigeria during December period, I just started making my own pieces. Do you know what I mean? And it was kind of like, let me just see how this looks. Mm. I had this idea, let me just see how it looks. And, you know, I found a tailor who I started working with. And she at the time as well was just kind of like learning. Mm. So I found her and then we started making some really cool pieces. And then it just, I was like, you know what? Okay, let me just have it as my as Kilenta, my brand, with my pieces. Yeah. And that's just how it just kind of birthed into... I had so many pieces, and I just didn't want to... I was so nervous. Like, I just felt like, okay, mm, it's not good enough. Like, yeah. you know, I was just thinking, well, like, you know, just telling yourself lies. Like, okay, what do I know? Like, this is not even what, I, what I've studied. This is not... I'm not... This is not what... Um, like, how much do I really know about this whole thing? You know, so it really took me a long time to eventually just kind of believe in myself and just say, you know what, let me just put out a number of pieces that I have and just see what people think. I'm interested in what sparked that entrepreneurial spirit in you as well. Because if you had this, obviously you had your initial idea, didn't turn out like that, turned into a clothing brand. But where does that entrepreneurial drive come from? I always knew that I wanted to have something of my own. Do you know what I mean? before like I've done like a few other things in the past that just never really that never really worked out Mm -hmm. and growing up with um my parents as well so like I grew up seeing my mum working she worked and then she had like a few other businesses of her own as well um and for me seeing like 
growing up seeing someone who has like a shop and then she's then she also selling jewelry like she's traveling to Nigeria doing this business and then she's still in the UK having her job it kind of naturally you just see okay well you have to work hard you have to do these things and so I feel for me it was I didn't realize it until maybe recently as well that okay probably that work ethic of my parents and them of course as well like coming here and trying to build something for themselves on their own and doing these things kind of I feel like for me gave me that entrepreneurial drive as well I knew when I was working for me I knew it was always just of course to build like some skills and it was also for me to save money you know to eventually venture into something of my own that's interesting so you always had that example around you again like I said there's always something when you look back you're like oh okay that now makes sense talk us through the journey of now you're ready to start your brand you set a launch day I believe was it like October 2019 yeah yeah so you set a launch day how do you go from concepts to getting this out there I had my pieces okay so I had my pieces ready like in the summer so and I I launched in October but it was just the fear of just putting it out there and just not knowing if if it was good enough do you know what I mean like I put so much work into into all of my pieces but I just didn't I didn't really believe in myself so it took me from like August till October for like three months to just kind of prepare my mind and just say, okay, let me just see what people are saying. And once that happened, I like, even if you go back to the start of my page, I literally just took pictures in my room, took videos in my room as well. I put like a white backdrop, was just taking videos with my phone and pictures with my phone. I just putting it on Instagram and the reception I got was the reception was good. So I was like, okay, you know, they're onto something. <laughs> and it was just kind of just putting it out there, marketing the products, and just literally just seeing the reception. Okay, amazing. And with that period of fear, doubt, putting yourself out there, what do you think finally gave you that push in October to just launch? Because, so, you know, a lot of the times people are nervous, but there's also that kind of rush to get things out there. I think a lot of people feel some sort of pressure to yeah. doing something. Okay. But instead, Definitely. Yeah, instead you were like, Definitely. I'm scared, <laughs> you know, and you launched a bit later. So I'm interested in what actually finally made you think, just do it. I had to realise that not everything is going to be perfect. You can't just, you know... I just kept, you know, you just keep waiting. You're like, okay, no, I need the camera. I need this. I need that. Just me keep, I just kept waiting for things to be perfect. And at the same time, during that period as well, I didn't have a job. So I was like, I was getting broke, (laughs) you know, and I just felt like, okay, if at this point now, I really don't have anything. I don't have much to lose. If I post these pieces people are either going to like it or they're not and it was more for me really just wanting to just put myself out of my comfort zone at this point as well in time I was in Nigeria and then I had that pressure of okay my dad asking me okay so what are you doing now like what's happening um you know 
when are you going to come back? And I literally was just putting pressure on. I had a bit of that pressure because I didn't really have much money. And I had these pieces, right? And I was just like, if the only way right now I could really showcase what I have and also make a bit of money is for me to just launch these and see if any, what happens. And at the beginning as well, you don't always you don't necessarily make like hundreds of sales on the first, not everyone does anyway, especially when like, you know, it's just, no one really knows who the person is that's behind the brand. You just have this product. I didn't have so much high expectations, but at the beginning it was more of, okay, people were really like saying, okay, wow, this is great stuff. We did have some orders and things like that, but it was more so for me just putting myself out of my comfort zone and just telling myself that not everything is going to be perfect at the beginning. Let me just work with what I have, which was just my phone and my backdrop and these pieces. Um, and of course, no money. <laughs> so that was, for me, the drive that was like, okay, just go for it. Okay. So you had to be resourceful because obviously you had limited resources and then just giving yourself exactly. that push. No, it's very true. And I think um, my friend was saying the other day, like so many people wait for that perfect moment. Everything needs to be aligned to have at least have this amount of money or this amount of followers or whatever it is for them to finally do something. But then it's like you've wasted all that time. Anything could have happened. All that time. Yeah. Literally, like in the in the time of me, for example now, like in the time of me just freaking out from August to October and me just waiting, 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 waiting. In that period, you don't know what can happen in two months for your brand if you just take that leap. And I feel like a lot of people, even myself, sometimes we wait and we just keep waiting for a perfect moment. And there isn't a perfect moment yeah. because... You can't really start your brand knowing it all. You can't. You don't know what people are going to like at the beginning. So me putting these things out there, it kind of, at the time, it kind of, as my brand is growing, I'm learning what people like. I'm learning what they don't like. I'm learning what what pieces, what pieces gain the most attraction. And so it, that's really helped me. And even being on um, Instagram posts and stories, asking questions. Because I don't know it all, sometimes I do try to ask, engage with my followers and ask them, okay, guys, like, what do you think of this print? And instead of waiting for that perfect time and waiting for the perfect, we don't know what the perfect time is because we could make, imagine making like a whole collection and you've done all this work and, and then you put it out there and no one likes anything. Yeah. So when you keep waiting for that perfect moment, you will just not get anything done. You won't, you literally won't launch. <laughs> literally, it's like that success that you want won't come because you're not doing anything. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. Procrastination is the worst thing. But I mean, it all stems from fear most of the time. And I guess it's having. Yeah. And the lies we tell ourselves is just. Literally. The lies we tell ourselves, I feel like it stems from fear and just telling yourself that, okay, well, I don't know. What do I know? I'm not good enough. Or like people won't like this because of this. And those things I feel like really have a big impact on how far you go. Like when you believe in yourself, the more you believe in yourself and the more you tell yourself Mm -hmm. things, positive things, the further you go. Even if all the odds are stacked against you, as long as you believe, you'll figure it out. There is a solution because you're so committed to the cause would you say that through your experience like running the brand you've had to really develop yourself mentally 
emotionally that when it comes to like that self-development just because now you're an entrepreneur you run a business you have to think logically and you know take away emotion a lot of the time how has that kind of evolved for you yeah for me it has definitely evolved because I'm quite like I'm quite like a shy person and now I'm I've you know of course now you know you own I own a business I I'm responsible for people's salary. I'm responsible for speaking to people and all those things. And um, it comes back to, of course, believing yourself. And as well, because I produce all my pieces in Nigeria, and so I'm now mainly based in Nigeria. And I feel like as a woman in Nigeria who has a business, a lot of times I have to go to this place and speak to men and get these things. And sometimes... They might not take me seriously because they see I'm young and they're like, what do you know? So I really had to put my foot down and kind of show that confidence, you know, and as well, having a brand, it comes with, it's not easy. Even a fashion brand, like it's not, people just assume that, okay, yeah, oh, wow, you know, you're, you have this business, everything must be great or like, it must be fun, but there's times when you're just like crying. <laughs> there's times where I'm just, I'm just broken down and I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is a lot. And you have to pick, you're the one that has to pick yourself up. No one is going to do that for you. Do you know what I mean? So I really had to kind of like meditate and tell myself more positive things and tell myself you are good enough. Like, you look at how sometimes as well, like what I do is I write things down and I just kind of refer back to it and be like, okay, this is how far you've come. Like, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing now. Like this, you know, just, just a kind of reminder to just have, to just keep going because no one is going to pick you up but yourself. Like, mm-hmm. and I just feel like I had to really, like, I don't know, I had to really like, um, tell myself more positive things and and believe in myself more and be more confident in what I'm doing be more confident in the designs that I'm bringing out um yeah I can definitely resonate with that and I think like back in the day when I used to hear people say like they talk positively to themselves and all of that stuff I was like this is just a whole lot of fairyland talk like what is this all about but as I've now you know you have a business you have to start practicing things because like it's a business that gets hard. So you're just looking at anything that might work to make you feel better. And I have started speaking to myself more positively. Um, and I yeah. am, like, I've been very vocal about like my anxiety and stuff. Like my anxiety hits me like literally as soon as I wake up five, 6am, like my heart is just being out of my chest for God knows what reason. <laughs> But I like Same. like what you said about writing things down. I write down how I feel in my journal and then I find evidence against it. So if I'm worried because I'm about to launch something, I'll be like, okay, you're worried about this, which is fair um, and okay. It's normal to be nervous. But remember when you did that last time, do you remember the outcome? What was the outcome? Exactly. It went well, right? Exactly. And that gives me that positivity. And then also just thinking like, okay, if it, even if it doesn't go to plan, is it a bad thing? And I think especially now in this like generation of society we only hear about people's successes when they sell out you know in 24 hours or they've just broken a record or whatever and it's like most businesses in fact like 99.9 percent of businesses don't experience that success 
we see such a small amount that receive that success like so quickly and then we think that we should now get that but it's like that's just not how it is you know and there's so yeah, much it's, it's just not how it is yeah and I think we should learn that in the midst of not being able to attain success as quickly it gives us the opportunity to build our characters and to learn more things like if your if your brand doesn't sell so well in the beginning great you get to learn a bit more about marketing you know or a bit more about exactly. finding your customer and whatnot we need to like kind of switch our minds and like you said think positively and tell ourselves these things in order to actually you know run a business Definitely. smoothly or smooth as possible but cool so um so as you're talking i was thinking if you could actually tell us um, an example of a very challenging time that you've had to experience in your business that maybe made you feel like, you know what, I'm over it. Like I'm done. I can't be bothered. Or, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's been a few because that's how business is, but like something that just made you think like, I am literally pinned to the cross right now. <laughs> like, um, okay. Funny enough. Um, okay. So during COVID time, yes. uh, as soon as they announced like lockdown is happening, worldwide and at this point this was okay when was it was it like March yeah March also and my business started in October um but we only really you know it was late October so by let's say like November December time I was really just trying to like gauge who my audience are and all those things um when it reached March time I literally had no money like I I didn't even know how I was going to pay salaries and it was such it was I was so I had constant anxiety because I was thinking oh my gosh like am I gonna have to tell tell my staff or tell these people that they don't have a job anymore like I can't I couldn't I didn't know what to do um and I had just at that point I was just thinking wow like this is the end of it COVID has come, like, this is the end of the business, we've just started, like, that's what if I'm over it, but, no, I wasn't literally over it, but that's just how, it was just that anxiety, that fear, not knowing what was going to happen, so during that period of COVID, like, the first, the first, like, three weeks, I just sat down, and I tried to re-strategize, sat down, wrote a plan, and I was like, do you know what, I'm going to all I have right now is these pieces and my camera, my phone. And I, that, at that point, I was like, okay, let me re-strategize. Let me work on the marketing. Let me try and create um, a beautiful feed. And during that time, I posted every single day. And I posted pictures um, in, I don't know, I do like mirror pictures, detail pictures, I just try to be creative with the way I presented my clothes on Instagram. And as soon as I started doing that, like within like maybe let's say a month, I was really surprised with the amount of attention that the brand was getting. And I'd say what I thought was like the end of the business from COVID and from not knowing how I was going to pay salaries or how I was going to be able to afford some things. It just, literally turned around and I feel like for me that COVID period was kind of like a blessing for the business because from the content I was creating the pe what I was putting out there I didn't have any new pieces I was just literally just it was all we only have I, I only had the pieces that we had from the first collection 
and just the way I was taking the pictures and I was doing like interesting videos and all those things. A month later, sales started picking up and we started getting like more attention and and then things, then I was able to create a new collection just in time for summer, uh, during summer. And then that collection did really well. And um, yeah, that that part was very hard for me because it was just the constant anxiety and just not really knowing what to do. But I just had to, I feel like for me, whenever I work quite well under pressure. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm in a situation where I feel like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I would cry. I would freak out for like a day. And then I just have to keep it moving. And then I feel like my best ideas come from feeling that way. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. I was just about to ask you, how do you cope? And then you said, I cry. And I'm like, I get you. <laughs> I, cry I, I cry. I I cry. I go, I go off social media. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm, I love going off social media. I try to do it like as often as possible yeah. because it gets too much, yeah. you know, and I'm not the type of person that um, looks at social media and starts feeling like down because of what people are doing and stuff. No, but for me, it's just, it's just too much sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you can't, it's, well, one thing I start, I've started doing is I've started muting people. Good idea. <laughs> the mute button mm-hmm. is great. Um, but yeah, I come off social media um, and then I just really just, I just re-strategize. I sit down, I write things down and I just plan and I say, okay, do you know what? You're going to kill it in this period. This is what we're going to do. And then it just, it just always seems to work. I love that. You know, Ryan Holiday, my favorite author, he says that opportunity usually comes disguised as a form of tragedy. So it's usually that kind of, oh my gosh, this is horrible but that's where the opportunity really lies in the obstacle in the challenge that you're facing and if you think about it maybe if COVID didn't happen you would have still been running or marketing your business as you were and maybe your brand wouldn't be where it is today because you wouldn't have thought to post every single day and you know work on that content and be creative but that forced you to now literally think like what am I going to do and I have to do it now like there's no it's not even like a planning situation it's execution (laughs) as well so literally Mm. it's it's literally execution because we can plan for years <laughs> you can plan and say, you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to start this, and you just keep saying it. Oh, yeah, I wanted to do that, but COVID came. You know, like, mm. no, we have to execute because that's the only way you'll see results. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's really important to hear. And I think, again, because of what we see online, people think, like, wow, I'm going to make, you know, a product and sell it, and everyone's going to love it and it's going to be super easy. You've got to get an office, like, offices look really nice and cool, going to have a team. <laughs> and whatnot but then it's like so what what happens when you can't pay your rent you know <laughs> what happens because no who's gonna pay it you have to pay it right <laughs> like you need well, to be I mean... you need to be as committed when it's good and when it's bad like that is literally what entrepreneurship is all about and especially in yeah. fashion because costs are just high it's, it's just a costly business and um mm-hmm. it takes a lot, it to is. a lot of money yeah it costs a lot of money and you don't, <laughs> if you look back at how much, well, when I look, if I was to look back at how much I've spent on my business, <laughs> your heart will start racing. <laughs> no, I, I can honestly, like, I understand. Trust me, I understand. It's crazy, but it's good to yeah, have Yeah, but it's so worth it. 
yeah, yeah, it's worth it. If you love it, it's worth it. And I feel like yeah. it's good to have these conversations because people can actually hear the reality of it, you know, and also prepare themselves mentally. I think what I wish I had was that mental preparation for what was coming. But at the same time, it builds your character, so can't be mad. It does. Yeah. It does. So let's talk about how you employ Nigerian women to make your pieces and why that's important to you. And also a bit about your business model. So I know, I believe it's made to order, if I'm correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. So people order, it, um, it gets made by these women in Nigeria and then it gets shipped out to the customer. So why did you choose that model? Why Nigerian women? What does that mean to you? Okay, so for me... The Kilenta woman in general, she's confident, fearless. Um, you know, she walks into the room and she feels powerful. So some of our pieces are very bold. We work with prints, colours, like bold sleeves. And that's literally like what the Kilenta woman embodies, a powerful woman. And for me, I really wanted to work with women in Nigeria because... First of all, I wanted to create more job opportunities. But at the same time, just seeing, I'll use one of my staff for an example. So so my staff, the girl that I work with, she started off with just knowing how to, to sew. And today, like now she's she does patterns, she does cutting, and she's like literally supervised everything. And for me, that's empowering women. And she feels, seeing how empowered she is in her role, really for me, makes me feel so good because I know that it can be hard sometimes like in Nigeria when you know okay this is your passion this is what you want to do but it's quite hard to the job opportunities are quite difficult there do you know what I mean so um I really wanted to work with women because it's what my brand my brand literally stands for power like empowering women um trying to make women feel more powerful and for the clothes to be produced by women and having a team of women only made sense to me. I love that. And I wanted to ask, so you mentioned this employee that started with, you know, entry level skills, basically, or maybe not even entry level, but she had to, you know, develop them. And now she's in, you know, way advanced position where she's supervising, not just from having basic sewing skills, but she can sew, she can pattern cut and everything. As a leader, how did you practice that patience with an employee because I am very impatient very my my girls will tell you like I'm just like oh my god no what is this obviously I'm a nice person but I get really agitated straight away but I would find it very difficult to work with someone that new okay skills but not everything you kind of want people to to just get things done so how did you practice that patience yeah yeah so I think it was it was easier for me because I was also learning. This was literally at the start of the business. So I wasn't, I didn't really have so many orders then. So I was able to, now it's, now when I'm working with anyone new, they have to have a certain level of experience. But then I was still learning a lot. Like, so we kind of, even we kind of like learned together, if that makes sense. Not learned together, grew together. Um, so she was able to defer because I started off with two girls right and the first girl that I was working with um, she's the one she can she was initially a pattern maker that's what 
that's what she does. And she didn't really know how to sew either, but she, it was a skill that she wanted to develop and she had um, a passion for it. So she, so she would do my patterns and then it would kind of be like trial and error. So she would sew my pieces. This was way before I started the brand, Mm -hmm. Um, but she was really good. And, and, and I used to really tell her like, wow, like, you know, you're really good at this. And then we maybe just, Send them, you know, just kind of show, okay, this is what I want, this is how I want it. And she developed her skills more in sewing, but she already had that skill of the pattern making. So when the other girl came up came on, um, she already had the first girl who was the pattern maker and um could sew. So I guess she kind of learned a few things from from the first girl. And there was a lot of mistakes at the beginning, but I really admired the determination and how driven she was in her role and just the enthusiasm. And for me, that's really important because you have to love what you're doing because not every day, like some days we might get like maybe just maybe three orders, but then some days we can in a day and then some days we can get maybe like 50. Mm -hmm. So how how are you going to be when times are really, when times are more challenging? So having that enthusiasm and determination was what made me feel like, do you know what? Okay. Like I see something in this girl Mm -hmm. and she really likes what she's doing. So I'll continue working with her. And it really paid off because now like, she's so good. Like I'm like, it's, she's just amazing. (laughs) Now she's just so good at what she does. She feels so empowered and it just makes me feel it gives me that satisfaction in like what I'm doing because it's more than just producing clothes. It's how my workers feel like, how are they happy? Like what relationship do they have with the clothes and what they're doing? That's why it's, that's why I say like all our pieces are made with love. I love that. Cause you know what? I've been feeling a bit, I, obviously I've been working a lot on the entry um, for the past few months so I haven't really done that much with my brand obviously I, I know I have mm-hmm. things to do I need to design and whatnot but um, that just what you've said there's really really inspired me because it's not just about creating clothes it's about that div- like seeing other people grow and grow with you you know and exactly exactly and that's yeah. what sorry what did you say no I just said it's about people which is the best part it is about people it is about people and you know I'm so passionate about like creating opportunity more opportunities for women in Nigeria it's not just I don't just work with um the people who sew the clothes the people who make my my prints my patterns um I'm also currently working on um Ashore K, which is a traditional Nigerian attire um fabric and all those people who hand make the the pieces are women and the typical Nigerian woman for me is very powerful. She's a lot of things. And that admiration of a Nigerian woman is what I identify with even, even as myself as a Nigerian woman and just seeing my staff grow and seeing people feel just like feel good and feel like, yeah, you know, I can do this too. Is it's just what, it's just what makes, it's just what makes me really happy with my brand and, even with myself. I love that. That's amazing. I can see your passion as well, just like by you saying that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it. no, it makes me, it does. Like sometimes, like when I even think of, I get, I'm so like, I'm such an emotional person. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I speak about like the women that I work with and stuff, I get quite emotional because 
I just feel so proud and I just feel so happy with like seeing seeing results and seeing people seeing people feel empowered in what they're doing so tell me about the most rewarding experience for you so far besides maybe just seeing the growth of your team what has been something that's just made your heart just so full of love <laughs> with your friends <laughs> okay so we've turned one year now yes and Congrats. we just recently turned a year <laughs> and for me I didn't really want to, I didn't really want to do anything for it. But then all my friends kind of surprised me and was just like, you need to celebrate this, the, the big and small wins. Mm-hmm. And when I had, when that happened, I kind of like looked back and I reflected and just was like, wow, okay, this is what we've done in the year. And just seeing the support from like people that I don't know, I don't know, but you know, you know, when your brand there's one thing with like your friends supporting your business, but then when you have people that you don't know and people that genuinely just love your, your brand and like love what you stand for and you just, it kind of, I don't know how it makes you feel, but it just, you're like, wow, like really, (laughs) you just kind of feel like you don't really expect, I don't know. I don't really know what I expected from, from my brand. Um, I didn't really know what I expected from like the one year of, I mean, like having it in the the first year, but I didn't really expect to have so much support from just like people in the U S mainly. And for me, that kind of, when I looked back when I was reviewing like, okay, this is what we've done in a year. And I was like, wow, these people have really like, um, supported the brand and, and yeah, I don't know. That just made me feel good. I totally get you because it's like, I'm a stranger to you, but you still support me. And yeah. yeah. And as well, because, um, I only just recently like have put myself like, okay, yeah, this is, I'm the owner. So maybe like two months ago, I just put it in my bio, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I just didn't really, I didn't really want that. Um, I don't, you know, I kind of felt like, okay, well, you know when you have a product and you nece- you don't necessarily have a huge following or like you don't people don't know you from anywhere you don't there's nothing really that people know what you're doing so when you're bringing out this product and you're bringing it out as okay this is just Kilenta it's not Michelle it's not it's not um this person's brand and people are just loving it supporting it it you you kind of you feel like oh wow I do have a good product you're not just buying it because I'm this person or they know me for this it, does that make sense? No, it does. It does. It shows that you know what you're doing. You've got a good thing. Like you've got a good thing and you can trust yourself a bit more. Yeah, that's the right word. I think you can yeah. trust yourself a bit more. You can trust that, that, um, that you're the, that you are actually on the right path yes. because a lot of times, like I, you, you just really don't know what to expect really. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know if, I remember like initially before I started my my brand someone told me that um you need to they were like just you know even believing the things people say <laughs> is a problem but I remember someone was telling me that oh like you you need to I think you should work on your personal Instagram before you start your business because people might not buy because they don't know who you are you know so hearing things like that you kind of just feel like okay well mm, if I bring this brand out there like and you you your initial following is like really small or like you're not doing really people don't really even know what people don't really follow your journey and things like that you might not necessarily get any customers or people mm. might not care for your brand 
Yeah, no, it's, it's... But those things aren't true. Exactly. Like, yes, having an audience helps and whatnot, but who's to say you can't build an audience? Who's to say you can't do both things, you know? And I think sometimes we're, we're like, it's either one or the other or whatever, but again, like you said, you just have to, like, ignore the noise, ignore it. Like, don't even think about it. And people always come with your opinions. Even when you're on 100K followers, they'll still tell you something that, you know, oh, you need to do, right? exactly. So, Exactly. I think the most important thing is just having a product um, and having a product, a good product and having a, and knowing how to market that product to the right audience, to your yeah. audience, because not everyone is going to like your stuff. Not everyone yeah. is going to buy your stuff and that's okay. So knowing that that's okay and accepting that and then just literally focusing on the people who are your target audience yeah. So what does the future of your brand look like? The future of my brand, what I'm trying to do more of now is kind of like tell the brand story, okay. share the brand story more. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, my new collection that I'm working on, I'll be working with more Yoruba fabrics mm-hmm. and just basically showcasing more of my culture in my pieces. Do you have any self-development resources that you'd recommend, like books or podcasts, anything like that, that's helped you on your journey? Yeah, The Power of Self-Confidence by Brian Tracy. That book has really helped me <laughs> because I feel like in this podcast, we've spoken a lot about like believing in yourself more and, you know, going on that journey with yourself. So I feel like that book... I actually bought that book in traffic, in Lagos traffic, <laughs> on my way on my way home from the market one day. It has really like taught me that what you reap is literally what you sow. So mm-hmm. if you reap good like positive thoughts, um, if you reap positive thoughts, that's you will literally sow positive results. Mm-hmm. And I feel like understanding and telling yourself and unlearning learning and unlearning some things some lies and some things that you tell yourself can really um can really help on your journey of whatever you want to do whether it be fashion or anything Mm -hmm. so having that confidence in yourself because even if you see like some people have such good confidence and they have such huge confidence in themselves and in their brand and their product people believe people will start believing in your product more when you have that confidence, believing in you more, when you have that confidence to showcase, yeah, this is what I'm about, this is what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I'd really recommend that book. Perfect. Thank you so much. So where can our audience find out more information about you and your brand? Uh, on Instagram, so Kilenta, K-I-L-E-N-T-A-R. Kilenta means what are you selling in Yoruba? And... On my personal Instagram, if you want to get personal, <laughs> it's just Michelle, T-A underscore, my initials. Amazing. Thank you so much. I've learned so much and I'm so happy that we had this conversation finally. Um, I know. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Honestly, so lovely. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and gained a lot of valuable knowledge to help you with your fashion business or career. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, subscribe and share it with somebody you feel will benefit from this. As always, it's been a pleasure. See you next week. Bye.